0: If we haven't met yet, my name is Melanie. Um, I'm one of the leaders here in Real Life Church. I'm married to Stuart. I've got two little boys, Levi and Asher. And it is my pleasure and my privilege to speak sometimes in church. You would normally find me out in kids because I oversee the kids' work here, but every so often they let me loose on the adults. So. Um this morning I, I want to speak to you about being good news. Um so I hope you've come ready to hear some good news but also be some good news this morning. So I'm gonna read from Isaiah 52. If you haven't brought your Bibles with you because on the way you dropped it in a puddle or a dog ate it or you know, whatever happened to it, I, I will read it for you. Um if not there are Bibles dotted around. Um or you can peer over the shoulder of someone else. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So it's Isaiah 52, verses 7 to 10. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together in singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Now I don't know if you're like me, but I read my Bible every day. It's a deal I've made with God over the years that I've done well in and done badly in. I made a deal with God a long time ago that I would commit myself to spending time with Him every day. And I've had seasons in my life where that has worked brilliantly, and I have had loads of time, and I've really been going after God, and I've had seasons where that's been really tough. Since January, I said to God, I basically have decided I'm not allowed to go to sleep until I've read my Bible and had some time out with you. That means that sometimes my time out with God is at 11 o'clock at night and I can barely read my Bible, let alone pray and make any kind of sense, but that's the deal I've made. And at the moment I'm reading through John, which I hope lots of you in the room are also doing, a brilliant gospel. But the way I approach my Bible is I often go on a bit of an investigation. So whatever book I'm reading, I'm always asking a question of some description. So I'm reading John and I'm asking the question, who is this man? And I'm making notes on it. I've read through it once, just read through it straight. Then I've read through it and listened to it while I'm making notes. So on my Bible app, you can read it while it reads it to you. So last thing at night, I find that incredibly helpful, someone reading it to me, because I I can concentrate a little bit better, and I I make notes as I go along, and what I make notes on is anything that jumps out of the page, anything that stands out, anything that I think, oh, that's interesting, or that's helpful, and I decide to believe that is God speaking to me. Sometimes it will just be me, and sometimes it will be God, and it will be a nice blend of those two things. So when I approach a passage, I read it, asking myself a question and then whatever jumps out, I make notes on. So when I read this passage, I felt God speak to me about beautiful feet and I thought, right, okay, let's go with this. And I read through this passage because I thought, I'm sure in Isaiah it talks about beautiful feet on a mountain bringing good news. And I read through this passage and when I read through it, four words jumped out to me. The words were bring, speak, sing, and see. And they were the words that on the page almost appeared to me in kind of bold, underlined, different color. They just leapt out. When you read your Bible, different things will jump out. That's what jumped out for me. So I decided this morning, I'm going to speak about us being a people that bring, speak, sing, and see. So I'm just going to share a whole bunch of stuff from those words that I think as a people we should be like. So I've called this I Am Good News, because I would like us to leave here this morning understanding that actually I am the one who brings good news. I am good news. Uh, I'd like us to grasp our own salvation, but if you're in this room and you're not saved, I'll tell you good news, and then you can decide. I'd like us to get hold of it in such a way that we make a difference in our world. So I'm going to start with bring. So, In the passage, it talks about bringing good news. And when I think about good news, I think about kind of... Things like people announcing they're having a baby or they're getting married or, you know, the kind of things that that make your heart leap or make you smile or you read on Facebook and you go, oh, that is brilliant. So on Facebook, people have different ways of announcing they've got engaged or they're having a baby and, and it comes up on your wall and you go, yes, and you write a little comment or they show their new baby and they say, my baby weighs this much and they're called this and you go, yes. Good news has that kind of effect on us, and the Bible talks about us being good news to the poor, and that's repeated over and over and over again, about us being good news to the lost, so those who don't know Jesus, those who are walking in darkness, about us being good news, and good news to the broken. And I'm using that as a kind of covering thing for for those who need healing, who need Uh, freedom, like like that kind of thing. So we're to be good news to the poor, the lost, and the broken. That's our. I think that's our, our call over our life. That's the reason we still exist. That's why God hasn't called us all back up yet, because there are still poor people, there are still lost people, and there are still broken people. So there is still a job for the people of God to do. And to bring something means it's something that I have, that I bring so if I said to you would you like to come to dinner and you said what shall I bring and I say why don't you bring a pudding if you rock up to my house walk into my kitchen open all my cupboards pick a pudding out of the cupboard and go here you are that's not you bringing that's you taking oh hello boy Mr. Men Books I'm going to read the Bible if that's all right just for now (laughs) Asher just brought his books to me. So when we bring something, it's something that we have that we bring. So if it was me and I was bringing a pudding, I'd, I'd make something at home and I'd put it in a bowl and I'd bring it. It's something that I have that I bring. So when we're bringers of good news, I think we first have to get that we've been given good news in order to bring it. We first have to really get that, that we're a people that have had something really good happen in our lives that we've had Jesus brought into our lives in order that we might be good news to other people. One of our 12 steps, Stuart mentioned the 12 steps. If you're new to us, at the beginning of the year, Stu mentioned 12 steps, 12 things that we want to do this year in order to help us to be large, influential, and reproducing. One of the steps was we wanted to get involved somehow in a food bank and be in, in some small way, good news to the poor. And we wanted to do something, and we wanted to give ourselves a, a time frame of a year to actually find something and get it done. You we're pleased to know that we're going to start that now. So on your, on your seats or in front of you, I've just given you a little printout of one way that we can be good news to the poor. Um, and it's just, for us, it's just a step. All the 12 steps are a step that are going to help us get somewhere else. They're not the end. They're not where we're going to go, full stop the end. They're a step to take us somewhere. So we would like to get involved with um, the URC that that are running a food bank. Um, They started in May 2013 uh, with a food drive at Mere Green Sainsbury's. If you read your observer, the local paper, there was a lovely big article Um, And they they raised about £700 in cash and a load of food to begin their food bank. They've named it Food for You, um, and they have literally only just started. So when I rang them to say we would like to be involved, we would like to donate, we would like to get behind it, they were thrilled and over the moon. Because when you're starting out in a project, it's hard at the beginning, and you need people to get in behind you and say, yes, um, I'll support you, I'll get involved. You need people to buy into your vision. Otherwise, like your vision, uh, like it fails often in the first few months because you don't have the people or the resources. So they do a drop-in at the URC church every Wednesday and every Friday afternoon. Um, Their vision for it is to be an emergency food bank for the Sutton Coalfield area. So they've limited it to Sutton Coalfield, recognising that there are other churches and other agencies that are dealing with different areas, but recognising there was a specific need in in our town. There wasn't anything that was specifically for Sutton Coalfield. They also decided that which I personally really like, that they would make it a non referral type of drop in. So you that people don't have to go through social services or, or, or anything else in order to access food. What they decided, which I also really like, is it's a little bit of a gamble because there are some people that were going to take advantage of that, but they decided in order to help those who really needed it, they would be happy to be taken advantage of. And, and I, I like that. I think, well, there will be times when, when, because we try to do good, we will be taken advantage of. And, and that, I think what they're saying is that's fine, and I think we, we would agree with that. So it's coming through word of mouth. The job centre have got cards. Local surgeries, doctors have got cards. So people who notice families or notice people that are in need will, will literally hand a card or a leaflet and say, you can go along here and you can get some food to help you out. The things that we can do to get involved is we can help keep their store um stocked up and so we're going to have a large box out here every week that we can donate things into and once a month at our prayer meeting we're going to drop the box off with a note in saying with love from real life church they've asked us with every donation to make sure we mark it um, who it's from because they would like to just acknowledge it and say thank you so um, we'll do that um, I'd like to involve our kids because they also have got 12 steps. One of their 12 steps is to get involved in a food bank. So if you're a parent in the room, I would like you to help your kids pick things from your cupboards to give to someone else so that they get involved in the concept of, I have more than someone else, therefore I'm going to give this. I think for our kids, during worship, it would be a lovely way for them to express themselves So this week I bought a tin of spaghetti, and I'm going to give it. It would be a very practical, easy, visual thing for them to do, to be able to connect with, I'm giving something away. Uh, We can give money, and they were very specific, because I think for us as a local church, it would be easy for us to just dump a load of money on it, and say, all right, then we've got a little bit of extra money, let's just dump money on it, which is a very middle-class response to need. Whereas I would like us to grasp hold of giving out of what we have in terms of physical things, but they also have a need for milk and bread every week. Every week they put fresh milk and fresh bread in. So Stuart and I were chatting and we said if we suggested that if you could put in a £2 donation, that would buy a loaf of bread and a pint, two pints of milk. With every once a month, if you put something in the box, sellotape two pounds to something in there to <coughs> add to their funds. We will, I think, once a year give them some money, but we would like it to be um, something that we experience and feel together as a people. Uh, am I making sense? So that it's physical and visual and helpful for us as well as um, them. We can offer people to man the phones or help at the drop-in. So if you think, gosh, this really tugs on me, I would like to give a couple of hours to this once a week, once a month, will you please come and speak to me? Because I know that they would love us to be involved as much as we want to be, really. I think there may be a future where we could say we'll take a drop-in on a Thursday and we'll run it. So I think there may be a future where we can partner with them um, in, in a greater way. And then lastly, we would like to invite Henry and and I want to say Uta, I think that's Uta, 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 we want to invite them, Um, I will learn how to pronounce her name before they they come, Uh, to come along to one of our prayer meetings just to share a bit more of their heart and for us to pray with them so that we're partnering with them practically, financially, but also in prayer. So we'd like to see it. Um, work like that. They're going to issue a wanted list every month of things that they actually need because when they first opened it up to their church, sh- they were saying that they had about a hundred tins of baked beans. Well, there's a limit to how many baked beans you want to eat, really, as a family. So they've issued a list and they're going to do that once a month to be helpful to us. So we will just email that out once a month to say these are the kind of things they need. And they would like to be able to bag up for people. So you can look through the list and think, well, in my monthly shop, my weekly shop, I will add in or I will take out of my cupboards a few of those bits and once a month I will bring it in. They're running it organically. So they don't need us to influx them with hundreds of pounds and hundreds of loaves of bread. And hun- They don't need us to do that. They need us to grow like they're growing organically. So I would say do something that is sustainable and works for your family So if once a month you can add in a few tins and bring it as a contribution and we together can take a few bags once a month, they would be extremely blessed by that. So does that make sense? So please don't bring a whole month's shopping um, and then not be able to sustain that over a year and years to come. So we're going to start this, our prayer meeting is next week. So we're probably just slightly out of time, but there will be a box here next Sunday where you can start contributing um, into the food bank at the URC church. And we will once a month take it along um, when we pray together and, and drop it off. Any questions? Don't ask me anything too hard because I'm being recorded, all right? <laughs> Easy questions, anyone? No? Good. So they bring, they bring good news to the poor, and I would love us to start doing that, even if it's just in a tiny way and a tiny measure for us to start being good news to the poor. And I would expect us as a local church to grow in this and excel in this. I think we are a people of plenty. Even if your plenty is less than someone else in church, we are a people of plenty, and there are such great needs out there that we can do something about and therefore we should really and we're a people who have connections with the heart of God and he loves the poor and 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 it, they have a special place in his heart and i think therefore they should have a special place in ours so i would love this to be an area that we excel in we also want to be good news to the lost and I think it's really important, if you're, if you're saved in the room, if you know Jesus, if you're born again, it's so important that you never come tired of the gospel and you never become tired of your own story and you never become jaded about what Jesus has done for you. you never say, oh yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, met Jesus young, yeah, I've always known him. As if it's something, you know, like... Ugh. That we never become that kind of a people. That we never say when someone preaches the gospel, oh yeah, I've heard all this before. Do I really need to be here for this? That we never become those people that, quite frankly, we smack ourselves around the back of the head if we are ever behaving like that. If I ever sit in a sermon and start going, oh yeah, I've heard it all before. I, before the Holy Spirit can smack me around the back of the head, I give myself a good smack. And say, "Come on, like I cannot be like that about the gospel. I cannot be like that about what Jesus has done for me. I can never become complacent about the cross." And I think if you feel like you're in that place, or you think my story just seems a bit average, a bit boring, um, you, I think you want to get yourself back to some basics. You want to get yourself back into a gospel. So if you are not reading John, shame, shame on you. No. If you are not reading John. Go home and start reading John. As a local church, we're reading through that book and investigating who the man Jesus is. In your personal life, I guarantee it will affect you, reading a gospel. I guarantee that you cannot sit down with John and be unaffected by the person of Jesus. In fact, I challenge you to sit down with the book of John and not be affected by what God has done for you and who he is. By what incredible, I, I'm like, I think I'm on my third time round it now. Um, and I, I keep just laughing out loud at how outrageous Jesus is and how much we've kind of dumbed him down to be this quite safe character. Whereas, like, he's wild. Like, I keep, because I, I read it last thing at night in bed, I have my earphones on, and every so often Stuart will nudge me and go, you're, you're saying stuff. Because I'll just be like, no. Like, you can't do that. Like, you can't. It, it, he's outrageous. And, and what he's done for us. I, I'm just at the bit of the cross now. And there's just a one line where it says someone spat on him. And literally in bed last night, I was like, no way. Like, how did you not turn around and whack them the other side of the earth? How, like, what? What kind of self-control is that? To have someone spit on you and you not go... Like, quite frankly, if someone spat on me, I, I don't know that I'd be able to muster... A maker of heaven and earth, and he accepts a spit in the face. You find out stuff about your God that is just mind-blowing. And and so I would challenge you to read John and renew your your... <sighs> Renew the gospel in you. Renew your passion for Jesus. Renew uh, what he's done for you, what he's like, what he's accomplished. Help your heart understand how blessed you are. No matter what's going on in your life, one day you will see him face to face. And you will not face eternal punishment. You will face eternity with him. No matter what is going on in your life right now, no matter how hard the trials are, one day you see him face to face. One day you get to... Walk in a land with no sickness, suffering, tears. Like, like, come on. If you only have that to be happy about, well, well how blessed are you? Like, we're, we're a blessed people when we know Jesus. So read John. It really helps. And if you don't know Jesus in this room, I, like, let me tell you um, what it's like. So basically, the maker of heaven and earth loves you but cannot stand your sin and your selfishness. Just can't stand it. Can't stand that you choose yourself first and not him. Can't stand that time and time again you make me choices that break things and hurt people and hurt him. So he sent his own son to die in your place for your sin. So he decided that actually the only way that you could get close to him would be if he sent a substitute, a sacrifice. And the only person that could do it was his own son. I have sons. I love all of you lot, but no way would I sacrifice either of them for you. We're talking about a father who sacrifices a son because his love for a people is great. And he sent his own son to die on a cross in your place for your sin to accept all the punishment, all the wrath of God. And in one terrible day, the fracture, the break between man and God gets fixed. And you get to be right with him. And you get to be in relationship with him. And you get to know that you're loved. You get to be whole instead of feeling slightly broken or slightly off or slightly missing. You get to be whole. You get to know a security that is better than buying a house or getting married or any other security that the world has to offer. You get to know a security that never, ever fails. You get to know an eternity that never, ever fails, that is job done in Jesus. You get to stand before him and him say to you, I know you, and you walk in. And instead of facing eternity without God, which quite frankly is hell, you get to Spend eternity with God in a new earth and a new heaven with no sin, no suffering, no sickness. Like, quite frankly, I just think that sounds awesome. Uh, like, a place where you never get a virus. To- like, like, oh, you never get tonsillitis. You never have a tummy bug. You can eat all you like and not throw up. Like, love it. Never get a migraine. Never have a day where you're a bit off a bad hair day. Uh, you know, always wake up feeling super good. Like, you get to exchange that for an eternity without him. It really is good news. If you don't know this good news, like, like get Jesus in your life. You get to be right with God, free from sin, able to be who you were always supposed to be. You get to live forever. You get access to everything that belongs to Jesus. I can't even imagine why you wouldn't be running up here saying, yes, please. It's the best news ever. And you get access to it through Jesus. If you're born again in this room, it is the best news ever. We should never be ashamed of saying we're Christians. It's the best news ever. If I had the cure to cancer, I'd be shouting about it from the rooftops. I have the cure to life. And eternal life. And feeling right and whole. And we have the answers. We should never be ashamed of it, never be afraid of it. We should want to shout it from the rooftops. So they bring, let me check the time, because I am an absolute monkey with timekeeping. Oh, I'm doing good. Can not go on for ages yet. <laughs> I bring, Stuart said to me this morning, do you have a watch or something? That was his way of saying, please don't overrun again, wife. So... I don't have a watch, which is probably why I always overrun, but I do have a phone. I speak. The watchmen, their, their job, if you look at them in their their job was to look out for things and announce things, say, it's coming, whatever it was. So they spoke. When I was looking at this, that word jumped out, and I thought, yeah, they, they announced people's comings, goings, they announced they announced news, really. They announced things. They looked for things and they spoke out things. And, and as, I, as I was pondering on it, I just thought, do you know what? As a people, we should speak. And we should speak about the things of God. We should speak about the things he's done in our life, the things he, he, he is, the, the, the stories that we have. But we should also speak into other people. We should be the talkers. Now, now, I like that. I, I'm like very comfortable with that. But we should be the people who are speaking the loudest. We should be the voices that people hear. We should be the, the, the voices that, that grow people and establish people and encourage people. We should be the voices. We should be the ones pointing out, saying, you are this, you are that. Because the voices in the world are loud They're very loud. So if you read a magazine, turn the TV on, get on your phone, the voices are loud that tell you you're this, you're that, you need this, you need the other. The voices are loud out there. So we need to be louder. And we need to speak into people's lives. Imagine in this room if we made a pledge here today that we would speak into other people's lives, only that which built them, encouraged them, made more of them, Notice the things of God in them or their potential. Imagine if we made a promise to only do that, to not speak negatively, to not be critical, to not be sarcastic, but to be encouraging, building, uplifting, enriching, to add to people's lives, not take from people's lives. Can you imagine the effect that would have on your workplace, in your family? in your friends, Facebook. Can you imagine the effect it would have if you made a decision today to be good news to the people around you by what you speak? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine calling out of people that which is hidden inside of them? Imagine looking people in the eye and saying, when they say, gosh, I'm doing a really poor job, I'm I'm, I'm this, that and the other, and you say, no, you're not. This is what I see. Now, I know the powerful effect of words of encouragement. I know how tall it makes you feel when someone says to you, good job, or when I... uh, There's been a couple of times lately where someone has texted me or Facebooked me and just said, I notice what you're like as a mummy and you are good. And that day, I have been a better mummy because I have felt taller. I've felt bigger. I've felt more enabled to do my job. Can you imagine if we did that everywhere, what it would be like? I I think words of encouragement have power like nothing else. To build a person, to establish a person, to call out what is actually in a person. I think they are far greater ever than criticism will ever be in a person's life. I think if someone asks for feedback and you give them five things that you see they've done really well and then you give them one thing to work on, you see their face drop. And I know it's a commonly used skill. I know it's used in businesses. I know it's used in management. I know it's used in teaching. I know it's used all over the place. Imagine if we just spoke the five words that really built someone. Because if we're honest, we know the things we do badly. I'll finish today and I'll tell you everything that I've missed, not said. I could sit down and, and literally go through a list of what I've not done well. What I can't often do is go through a list of what I've done well. And that's why you need other people. That's why you need watchmen in your life. That's why you need people who point it out and go, did you notice that? Did you see that? That's why we need to be watchmen. We need to look around us and go, there it is. With my boys, I'm always trying to catch them doing something amazing. Because quite frankly, a lot of the time, they're doing something fairly naughty. So, I'm on the lookout, I'm a watchman in my boys' lives, and I scout around looking for stuff that I can clap and go, there it is. And it might be, yes, Levi, you did what I asked you to do, you put your socks on, you are amazing. And you see his little face, he's like, yeah. And the next day he might put his trousers on, you know. We might get him whole dressed at some point without a fight, you know. What I know is he's bigger and more able to take on life when I encourage than if I tear down. I want to challenge us in this room today to be good news to the poor and be very practical and start bringing contribution to involve our kids in that. And I want to challenge us to speak into other people's lives, words of life. And I want you to be watchmen who look out for things that you can say, there it is, that is amazing, that is good, that I love, that I see in you. So I want you to look carefully at the people around you. Obviously not be stalker-like about it, all right? Don't want complaints about weird people from real life church that are following people around, staring at them. But be watchmen, be watchful of what you notice in God. Be watchful of people's potential of good things. With our kids, be watchful of what you notice them doing that they do well. And we might have to overlook some areas of not sharing or not helping or not whatever in order to build up and encourage and grow people Watch out for gifting. So I know sometimes you look around and, and, and you'll notice things in people that you can, when you speak into it, they grow into it. And I've seen that over and over again in people's lives, where you notice something and you say, I notice this about you, and suddenly they become it in a greater measure. Because they, you, you've added something to them, you, you've noticed it, and they secretly think, maybe I could do something like this, and you say, yes, you can, and suddenly they can. And it's not that you have any um, kind of magical powers in order to make people, you just literally confirm something that they already secretly think about themselves that they might not say. And you can pick those things out in people's lives if you're watching, if you if you're being critical, criticism, to be honest, is like walking around with dark glasses on because it is all you can see. It, it, you just literally black out any chance of seeing any kind of light. Criticism is a killer. It's a killer in church. It's a killer in the workplace. It's a killer. Criticism and mix it with a bit of sarcasm and you've got a bunch of people that are small. Encouragement like, does something in a person's life. I would love us to be people that speak in such a way that people get bigger. And I would look out for people's faces. You see it. They drop or they lift up. Encouragement does something to you. You, Your whole head goes up and out. It's like you just start to smile. Little things. I can remember the first time I saw Paul and Catherine doing some hospitality at one of our events. Did you just see Catherine smile there? So, and I watched them and I I literally thought to myself, my gosh. Now, this isn't biblical at all. They are magical. Like, there was something where I just thought, they're lovely. They look after people like lovely. And they, all they were doing was serving tea and coffee and mince pies. It was at our first Crafty Christmas thing. And I watched them, and I was like, man, that is lovely. And then it doesn't surprise me later on that they're leading a life group, that they're helping out with hospitality here, that they come to other events and they host stuff. Because you see it, you go, oh, there it is. You speak it and then it gets bigger. And people get bigger. And it, 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 it's, it is like adding water to a seed that's suddenly mushrooms. And you go, oh, I had no idea all of that was in there. And I've seen it over and over and over and over again. I would love us to be a people that speak. Speak words that build and lift and encourage and make more of. I would love us to be a a people that say no to criticism, negativity and sarcasm. That we say, actually, the world functions like that. We will not function like that. Because all that does is makes people smaller, more insignificant. Sometimes I think you think it makes you look better. I just don't think it does. Uh, by making someone else look small, you do not make yourself look big. You also look small. And it makes everybody look small. I think we could pledge to make everybody look bigger. They sing. Now, some of you in the room love to sing. Abby loves to sing. Phil loves to sing. Sarah loves to sing. These are, these are people who, in their showers, in the kitchen, sing. Their whole lives are a Disney movie. (laughs) And they sing. And in fact, their kids are sometimes saying, stop singing, mummy. They sing. And they love to sing. Therefore, when it's all over the Bible singing, they think, yes. The people of God sing all over the Bible. And in fact, interestingly, lots and lots of men all over the Bible sing worship, honour Jesus, shout out, they sing. Do you know if bunches of people go and watch football and it's going well or going badly or whatever it's doing, do you know what they do? They sing. And they sing songs that we wouldn't sing here. Ooh. But they sing. Stuart and I were on a train once coming back from, I don't know, somewhere, London I think, And a bunch of football supporters got on. And they were singing, we hate Tottenham and we hate Tottenham. We're the Tottenham haters. And they basically sang that. It was a 45-minute journey. They sang it the whole journey, over and over again. Various stops, people were getting off and, and the song got slightly quieter. But they sang it the whole journey. We were chatting to them saying, did you guys just play Tottenham? They were like, nah, we just hate them. And they're singing about what they hate. And I thought, how ridiculous is that? In a, in a crowded, it would never cross my mind to get up and sing about Jesus. Like, but I love him and I want to honour him. And, and I would shout that from the rooftops. We're a people who should sing. Whether we like to sing or don't like to sing. Whether you sing in tune or horribly out of tune. Makes no difference whatsoever to God. You're expressing a love for him that causes you to sing. It's neither a more female thing or a more male thing. And in fact, I think the Bible would argue it's a more male thing. It's something that we do because inside we have this emotion, this feeling, this, this wonderful thing that's happened to us. So we're not football supporters who've got a team that we support. We're, we're supporters of God. We, we love him We serve him. Therefore, we sing in tune, out of tune. Makes no difference whatsoever. I've heard people bring prophetic songs with the most amazing voice and the most terrible voice. Makes no difference whatsoever. Obviously, it's easier to hear when it's a beautiful (coughs) type of voice. Actually, we sing because we have something to sing about. And we should sing the loudest, the most... We should be the ones that other people are going, can you please pipe down? You're always singing. Shh, leave our son to say to me, "Mummy, stop singing. We should be those kind of people. Whether we like to sing or don't like to sing, we have something to sing about. Our worship should have a volume to it that is like that of a football stadium. It should have that kind of feel to it. And if you can't sing, sing, then you can shout it. You can chant it. You can wrap it. You can do whatever you like in order to get out this amazing feeling of, I am saved. We have something to sing about, people, so let's sing. La, not right now. Let's sing, let's sing later, but let's be a people who sing in our homes, in our life groups, with our kids, in our workplaces, in our cars, when we're walking along, let's And let's sing about the goodness of God. Let's sing about the wonderful things that he's done. Let's enjoy music. Let's be a people that allow ourselves to feel and experience creatively. Let's be like God, really. And lastly, they see. Oh, my gosh, I'm so going to be on time. They see. These are people that see salvation. So the watchmen are looking out and then right towards the end it says that they, they see as holy our bed, they see the nations, they see salvation. These are people who are not frustrated, who are not having a carrot dangled in front of them and never see the reality. They see the salvation of their God. And I would challenge us as a people that if we are being good news to the poor, if we are delighting in our own salvation, therefore sharing it, if we are singing, if we are speaking, if we are doing these things, we will be the people that see. We'll be the people that see salvation, that see the poor fed, that see people get bigger, that see things in the natural and the supernatural that we never ever even dreamed of. We'll be the people that experience it in reality will be those and I don't know about you but sometimes I sit in church feeling frustrated at what I don't see and I feel God sometimes say to me well maybe you need to speak a bit more maybe you need to delight in your story a bit more maybe you need to do something instead of whinging at me about what you don't see maybe you actually need to get involved So I was thinking when I was preparing this, when was the last time I shared my testimony, my story with someone else who didn't know Jesus? When was the last time I did that? When was the last time you did that? When was the last time that you approached a person who was down and feeling negative and spoken to them and they grew? When was the last time I fed the poor? When was it? And then I get my answers of, well, it was like last month, last year. And then I get to understand why I don't see the things I want to see. Because actually, we partner up with God in these things. Uh, By his grace, actually, like he could do it all himself. But by his grace, we get to partner up with him in bringing good news, in speaking good things into people, In singing, in seeing things, we get to partner up with Jesus. So these are my challenges this morning. Firstly, play your part in being good news to the poor, even if it is in a small measure. If what you can add into our box is a tin of spaghetti every month, please do it. If you can add more, do that. Read John. Get hold of the book of John and allow it to get hold of you. You need to be blown away by the person of Jesus regularly. I've made it a habit in my life to always have a gospel on the go. I, I think it's really useful. I think over the years, it has it has stirred me to love Jesus and talk about Jesus. and Because like, he, as a person, is like no one else I know. And it... it It's just, yeah, it's just brilliant to keep a gospel on the go. So get hold of John and read John, but allow it to get hold of you. And smack yourself. If you are a Christian in this room and you say, well, I've read the Gospels a hundred times. Just smack yourself and be like, actually, God has something fresh and new to say to me today. He has something fresh and new to say to me every day. I must have read John... Hundreds of times, I love it as a gospel, and every time I open it there 's something fresh and new in it for me on that day because there 's something God wants to communicate to me or stir in me or help me with so read John, practice your own stories, your own salvation story, just just go through it over and over again. This is how I was saved this is what I was saved from if you were Born into a family that knew Jesus and you've been a part of church your whole life and that is your story, celebrate it. I pray and long for my two boys to have that story. You may look at it and think it's a boring story. I would love a sex, drugs and rock and roll type of story. I want for my boys to know Jesus as young as possible and as powerfully as possible. I don't want them to have to experience what the world has to offer in order to understand that God has better. I want them to just choose the best. I crave for a story. I don't have a story like that. I have a story of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't have a story like that. I crave for my boys to have a story like that. I think there is nothing boring about knowing Jesus from a young age. To approach your teenage years holding on to Jesus, I think must be incredible. I crave for that for my boys. If that is your story, celebrate it. If your story is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and I encounter Jesus, celebrate that. I, I, I celebrate what God has done in my life, and I can see the transformation, and, and, I, and I celebrate that. Celebrate your story. Speak truth. Be watchmen. Like Look out for people. And, and Look out for people who are downcast, who you think, actually, a word of encouragement would lift your head just like that. And silence. Criticism. Sarcasm is a horrible, horrible thing. It is funny at the time, but actually people walk away from it smaller. It's horrible. If we could get it out of our church, if we could get it out of our workplace, it it would just be so powerful. And we all think that if we walked around performing miracles, that would be the thing that would be powerful. And And I don't doubt it would be. I'm not arguing with the miraculous I think to walk around speaking encouragement would have devastating effects on people. Would, would upend what people think about themselves, believe about themselves. I think in a middle class society, I think so many people believe rubbish about themselves and strive and strive and strive for the big house, the big cars, the promotions, the, because they feel <coughs> an, a, a sense of emptiness, worthlessness, no point. If we could speak into a people and make them bigger, uh, uh, we could truly transform workplaces, families. We could truly transform nations, to be honest, with the power of speaking, which seems ridiculous. But if you look at God, that's what he did. That's how he brought the world into being, with a spoken word. That's, That's how God changes stuff. It is finished. Oh my gosh, like, that's a word that changed everything for you and I. With words, God changes stuff. With words, so can we. Let's sing. Let's be a people who are louder than anybody else. Let's put to shame football chants by chants that, that, that proclaim how good God is. Let's not care whether we sing in tune or out of tune. God really doesn't. My little boys sing to me. I just love it. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, Levi sings In a a kind of medley of different tunes, it kind of sometimes sounds a bit like happy birthday and sometimes twinkle, twinkle, little star. I just love it. He's a father that delights in song, delights in his kids saying we love you over and over again. Let's not get bored of our worship songs. Let's delight in them. Let's enjoy them. Let's not care about whether we're cool and can dance well enough or sing well enough or let's just bring whatever we've got. If it's a gorgeous voice, bring it. If it's one that really only your mum loves, bring it like God'll enjoy it. We say to the kids before they come into here, we, we get them to make loud noises and quiet noises, and we get them to run around and hop and jump, and we say, "God loves it. He loves it when you're noisy, He loves it when you're quiet, He loves it when you're wild, He loves it when you're down, low up, high, He just loves it. God loves it. And let's see things. Let's see salvation. Let's see the poor fed. Let's see lives transformed. Let's see workplaces. Let's see the stuff. And let's be a people that aren't sitting around saying, where is it? Let's be a people that are seeing it because we're partnering up with God. Amen? Amen? Amen.